Welcome to Doug and Joe Talk. I am Doug. And I'm Joe. <clears throat> We've got a cigar in our hands. Yeah, buddy. And we're ready to fix the world today. <laughs> At least in theory. It, yeah. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> in our hands, we have the Christoph Cristania Maduro. Not to be confused with the Christiana, which is what I called it <laughs> the first time we smoked it. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, the Christiana... No. Cristania. There we go. Maduro. And it's in Robusto size, so it's 5 by 50 <clears throat> which Joe mentioned right before we turn on the recording that we might actually finish it um, before the recording's over, which is interesting, because usually we, we uh, have ones that are just a smidge longer. Oftentimes, yeah. 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 yeah this is the smallest I, mm. smallest I buy, in fact, and I don't buy them very often. So uh, I'll typically get a Toro that's about an inch longer. And um, <clears throat> But um, here's... They're actually, it's interesting because it's, I think this is going to be a dandy cigar, but they're, like, they don't, there wasn't a lot on it. Like, here's 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 what we got. The Cristania Maduro from Christoph uses the, na- the same Dominican Habano long filler as the original, which we have smoked and I love. The non, uh, the non-Maduro, uh, yeah, the original non-Maduro, I'm not reading very well, <laughs> but it swaps in a chocolatey Brazilian Maduro wrapper leaf. Plain and simple. <clears throat> so when we get closer to the end of the podcast, we'll tell you what we're supposed to taste. But <coughs> that's the second time I've sucked smoke in my lung and coughed on this cigar. Maybe there's some it's jinxed or something <laughs> for me today. Um, but to start off, um, my draw was a little tight. I'm actually going to try to get Joe to talk about the flavor first because my draw was tight and still is just a smidge tight. And so I'm working mine right at the head of the cigar mm-hmm. there was it was just a little tight and so i'm trying to get a little better draw yeah hopefully we can get you loosened up this one on the other hand because i had that problem a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. and uh this one's smoking perfect i will say for this that it does this is the type of cigar that you have to let warm up a little bit because already it, it's changed drastically in just the first three quarters of an inch to me um at first it was very aromatic kind of almost the um kind uh almost reminded me of of a memory like when my grandpa used to light a cigarette and I would smell it and it reminded me of that for some reason. Um, <clears throat> but now it's really kind of gotten a, a sweetness going. It's starting to really come out. And I like it when a cigar hits you with sweetness right off the bat. So this one I um, had to take a while to look for it, but it's pretty earthy, a little sweet, kind of typical Maduro. I think. That's what I would say. And again, when we use the word typical, we're not necessarily saying bad. Right. When I lit it, just for the first you know minute that I was drawing it, even though the the draw was tight, I thought, mm-hmm. this is this is really good. This is really going to be high up there on my Maduro cigars, just the first few draws. So um, I'm, get, I'm getting a lot of the earthiness. I want more sweet. I think it, I think it's going to give us more sweet when it warms Mine, up. I feel like it's sweetening up like it, is every, it, every time <clears throat> I draw. Okay. Because I'm expecting that. That sweet earth is, is what I want out of, a, out of a good Maduro. And because this is similar to the original Cristania, which is one of my favorite cigars, I might be expecting too much. So I need to let this just <laughs> sit, smoke it as a normal. Temper your expectations yeah. a little bit. That's right. <clears throat> so we, um, the world um, is still turning. <laughs> as far as we know. Yeah. I don't think it's stopped. Um, and... There's really only, like, it, it seems like, <clears throat> maybe it's because I wasn't engrossed in the news this week, but it seems like it's been kind of, everything's been 
either Iran or uh, debate democratic debates. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I, I've, I've come to the conclusion already. I was talking to some friends yesterday, and we had we reached a consensus that we're officially sick and tired of the 2020 election. <laughs> already? Yeah, we're done. <laughs> I mean, not done. No. I, there's a lot that's going to happen, and there's going to be a lot that's fun to talk about, frankly, because <clears throat> it's fun to just banter and talk about the things. But my decision is made. There's probably very... There's... I mean, I like the president... That's no secret. I think my decision is for 2020 is made, unless he gets assassinated or something, which wouldn't surprise me. Um, so it'll be, but it'll be fun to follow, and it'll be fun to listen to what happens in the on the campaign trail. But I'm, I'm I wish it was over already. Yeah, I, I agree, and maybe that would be a good a good place to start with start with some generality, you know, because we're talking about the 2020 election. There's just oh, so much could happen between now and then. That's why I don't pay any attention to the polls. You know, we've got like 752 Democratic candidates. Yeah, yeah. We've got to narrow it and down. A half. Yeah. <laughs> the, <clears throat> okay, so I guess I might as well do this up front, and then maybe if you want okay. to talk about it, we can do it later. But last week, uh, we were podcasting at the camp out, and we were talking about um, which Democratic candidates we think have the shot at the nomination or whatever. And I landed on Elizabeth Warren. And I think with good reason, because I think that Biden's kind of like maybe a little bit too much establishment and he's kind of crazy and kind of creepy and whatever and then some of these other ones are just way too wacko and I was like she's a woman I think she's got a good shot now wait though which question were you answering the one that would be the the best for the Democrats or the one that would be best for the Republican because I asked both questions it, that was which would be best for the Democrats okay, okay got it okay. now although I heard something yesterday okay. that's going to make me three quarters retract that <gasps> oh and that is some I heard on a local talk radio that Elizabeth Warren is calling for reparations for gay people. I, is I that heard, true? I heard it this morning. <laughs> I don't know if that can even hold I don't even know if that can hold water enough to I, that might tip her over the edge. But she said crazy stuff before and got away with it so. It <clears throat> Hmm. Okay, I'm going to I like to if you allow me to preface... I think she might have jumped the shark, is all I'm saying. Yeah. If you allow me to preface something, I'll say really stupid things and then retract them next time. <laughs> so, but it's our podcast, so I just it forces me to say what I really think my thoughts are before I've thought them through sometimes. And this is one I haven't say thought Say what through. you think your thoughts are before you've thought them through. That's right. good. Yeah. I can't say that fast ten times, though. Um, so, I think reparations for anyone isn't the government's job. And I might say, even if the damage was the government's fault. I And I say that because I, I'm mostly a constitutionalist that says, this is the government's job. The government doesn't get any other job, can't claim any other job, unless we amend the Constitution to say that job belongs to the government. So are you saying, <clears throat> maybe I'm taking this too far, okay. but are you saying that the government is immune from liability? No, but I'm saying that it's not the government's job to to pay to pay reparations at least in this in this context. I, sure. I wouldn't be wouldn't be for slavery, wouldn't be for homosexuality, wouldn't be for um, for hurting uh, Latinos' feelings that had to stay in a Native facility, Americans. yeah, or, or a Native American, <clears throat> whatever. Um, I think it might be our job as a society, as people, to look at some things and say, man, that was really tough. What can we do as people to help balance the scale if there was an imbalance? Sure. And um, 
but I don't think it's the federal government's job yeah. to do it. I'll agree, pretty much. I think I think that somewhere somebody has to decide where liability lies. Like, you know, if a gov- if if the government makes a big mistake and hurts a bunch of people, well, then certainly, I mean, like for example, okay, so let's say there's a like the Tuskegee Airmen or something, where they did like these crazy yeah. wrong experiments and they knew it was wrong and it was morally wrong and they damaged a bunch of people. That, I could see why where there could be some liability and that some people should get, I don't know what else to call them besides reparations. Mm-hmm. Um, or restitution maybe is a better word. Okay. But somebody along the line has to probably draw a line and say, this these things are payable and these things aren't payable. I don't know. I'm glad it's not me that has to make that decision. <laughs> Because I think certainly there's a line somewhere. Yeah. <clears throat> um, well, I yeah. But for so, but for the, cultural things, that it's not necessarily the government making a policy. It's just it's just this is the mindset of the American people. I don't see how that. I agree with you there. Like, how can that be our job now as we the people to pay? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I um, even even if that scale needs to be balanced, it isn't the federal government's job. It might be the people's job, and I, and I think fundamentally this comes from the the fact that um, I don't believe really that any kind of redistribution is the government's job. Um, I think that I think that's cha- I, I think it's charity. I think it's I think it's goodwill. And and you brought up an interesting point because I do think the the on one hand the government needs to be accountable, but. It's not. I just. I don't think there's any way to to go back and to equitably. I, not only do I not think you can equitably correct it, I don't think correcting it actually helps. Yeah. Um, in most cases, um, mm-hmm. when when you can be very scientific about it and say, um, you know, these six people. Um, were hurt because of this, and it was this policy. Maybe we should take care of them. Even that, if the government says we should take care of them, I might even say the government would say, "Okay, we should take care of them." American people, get to it. Start your nonprofits. Develop some charities. Take care of these people. And a little bit. Um, that's just because it, it's hard. Yeah, because like <clears throat> you can take it to a local level, or you can take it to a. Uh, national level governments aren't entities there i mean it, let, let me explain what i, I mean I, I, I think i know but go i ahead. mean the government when we say the government we're talking about <clears throat> we the people acting as acting incorporated as a as an as an entity i guess you could say but it's always it's always interesting to me because like as i mean i'm a government employee now as a police officer a reserve police officer and if i make a mistake on duty that hurts somebody my agency that I work for is held liable mm-hmm. and I will be punished and I can actually be held for punitive damages outside you know that so like I make a bad call and I and I it physically injure somebody and, and it was wrong I make a mistake and I do that my my agency is going to be liable and that's kind of like the government I mean they're going to have to pay the local government's going to have to pay because of that mistake because I was under their mm-hmm. umbrella, but I can also be punished. And I think that anytime you have people getting hurt by the government, it's always being you're being hurt by individuals in the government, 
And while I think that the government as a whole has some liability, I think most of the time we can point at a, a, an individual or a small group of individuals that made those decisions and made those policies. And I think they are the ones that probably ought to be punished more than the whole of the people. Does that make any sense at all? I, I think so. It's, it's hard to think through. I, and, uh, m- you know, maybe in the next few weeks we should, we should try to bring it back up and see if we've thought any more about it. But the idea of... I like, to, I like to fix when wrong has been done. If someone's been harmed or hurt, it, it, it feels good to say, oh, that was wrong, what, what can we do to fix it? And on some levels, because of, I know because of my Christian faith, sometimes wrong is just, wrong exists in the world, and it just, sure. so I don't get too hung up Sometimes on it. it happens. Yeah, yeah, somebody wrongs me, you know, I get, I get PO'd and might yell about it in my garage, or you know, or maybe to my friend Joe about it. And but then it's like, you know, can I really do anything about it? Right. Um, I've had tenants wrong me before, mm-hmm. and I have to decide. Gee, do I do I spend money to have it corrected, and then it's going to cost me? It's not worth pursuing it. Right. <clears throat> so, I I think saying the best thing we can do as a country is to move forward and protect people's rights from. Henceforth, mm-hmm. I think that's the best thing. I think I agree. And we can say we're sorry, but that doesn't mean that we need to pay for you and your children and your children's children's <clears throat> children's children. Yeah, and I, and I want to emphasize this too, because this was a learning experience for me in, in counseling, in marital counseling years ago. I learned that I'm sorry sometimes means I care. Yeah. And I never, for years, I never, I would never say it as that. Because for me, for me, I'm sorry meant I did something wrong, and please forgive me. That's what I'm sorry meant. And I learned that it also means I care. So some, if you're just saying I care, we care. Mm-hmm. And even, even to the point where I would say I care enough that people ought to maybe wave a flag, put out a call to the American people, and say start your charity. Help, help remedy this. But I don't think it's the government's job necessarily to do yeah. that. Um, and that's a pretty effective thing these days too honestly Mm -hmm. there's enough people out there with enough resources that you'll always find somebody that cares about a cause enough to support it well and this is a little bit of a side note semi related but um, and I don't have all the details but there were some 9-11 people that um, if I have my information right um, they were injured or whatever Mm -hmm. helping with the the yeah the towers coming down and whatever and there was someone started a fund and my understanding was it was either maybe the state of new york maybe the federal government started this fund that has started to go down now Mm -hmm. and there's it's decreasing because there aren't enough benefits now i'm not sure how much i think that like as soon as i hear that i'm like well i just i'm not sure it needs to be federally controlled now maybe because that was an attack on our nation so maybe i'd allow the government but the point isn't that we need to necessarily tax people to fund it. Maybe if that's the best choice, if that is if it is part of our nation's job. But it might be the best job to say, what can we do to just promote it and encouragement? Say, hey, this is a shortfall. What can we do? And not tax people. Just tell people, hey, this is what happened. These people protected our country. What can we do to give, put a little more money in this fund to take care of these folks? Mm-hmm. Or maybe do away with the fund and say, hey, 
there's somebody in your community. Go help them. Yeah. <clears throat> you know? Hard. These are hard. I know. That's hard that. decisions. Because everybody's like, oh, well, we got to replenish the fund. No, maybe we have to do away with the fund. Yeah. And have people in states and localities take care of their people. Anyway, wow, that was a big thing from, yeah. from Elizabeth Warren, but anyway. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> which, yeah. So, I don't know. But God is talking. God is starting. Yeah, that's right. Started sucking on the cigar a little bit. Mm-hmm. Getting, it's settling in. It's, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm liking it. We'll, we'll talk I'm about growing, it in a few minutes. Yeah. Growing, it's growing on me. So, um, huh. well, so, do you want to talk any more about Warren? Because she's, she's, um. She's kind of like stealing some of Bernie's ideas and re, re See, that's why him. I think she's dangerous because, yeah, I think she may be in a position where she can still steal enough of the establishment, Democrat, centrist, maybe, and yet try to... I mean, that's what she's trying to do, obviously, is lump in the new the new insane left element, which I'll, that's what I call them, um, and then to try to keep some of, the, some of the old establishment Democrats, too. But I don't know. That's what they're going to have to do if they're going to win against Trump or even have a chance, is they're going to have to find that candidate that can try to merge those two groups together. So I had an eerie feeling, and I think it was after our last podcast. I had this eerie feeling one day. It's like, I wonder. I think Joe Biden's going to die. Like, I mean, I hate, I hate it when leftists predict the future and try to say, oh, this is, you know, because of this, this is going to happen in the next two years. I don't like predicting the future, but it was just this eerie feeling. Like, I wonder... He's slurring his words in a couple of speeches. He was like, "I wonder if he's just going to die," and <laughs> and like, and then, or at least, in what if he just told all his people, you know, Warren, Warren's the best, best bet. Mm-hmm. She might have more of a <laughs> chance yeah. than I thought. You know, I hadn't thought of her until you mentioned it last week. And <clears throat> anyway, but uh, it's crazy how many supporters Sanders has. But um, it is. It's just really crazy how many. Like he rolled out this thing yesterday. If we can open up another game. Yeah, sure, sure. He, he uh, was it yesterday or the day before he came out with this, like, free college thing? Or or he wants to tax Wall Street. So, and, and the way I understand it, he wants to create a tax on exchanges. So you buy stock, you get taxed. You sell stock, you get taxed or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and like that. that is going to create funds to basically do away with student loans and make college free or whatever. And I just thought, anything. Okay, like, you got to be just a completely non-thinking person to accept something like that. Because for one, for one, think of all the people, myself included, that paid off their student loans. They're, so sh- do we get reimbursed? Yeah, I, I actually, want student loan reparations. Yeah, and that's, what, and that's where the guy was listening to. But here's another thing. A lot of people, a lot, lot, lot of people join the military for the GI Bill. You're removing that benefit from their... Your, from the military, so you're like you're removing a giant benefit from the military. Mm. You're yeah, that gets them people. That gets people to all the time. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Okay, and and I they're, they're, I don't think that. I mean, I think that if you're at a rally, okay, like uh-huh. think about it. If you're at a rally and somebody says, "And you deserve this," and and we should tax these people that obviously have the money and they should pay for this because you got screwed. If you're at a rally and the energy's up, you're gonna go. Yeah, yeah that sounds true. like a great idea. But if you step away from it, and let's say you put that on a stage, on a debate stage against Trump, <clears throat> I I just think that just gets annihilated. You know? I, well, I, I agree with you. And here here's a, a couple really important things to remember. And I didn't know this until I heard it recently. Most of the people that go to college, 
aren't poor anyway. So in essence, you're taking middle, I, this wasn't the quote, so I don't know these facts, but let's say middle class, upper middle class people, and you're giving them government money, go, go, but the people that can afford it, it actually do, isn't going to the poorer people, a few mm -hmm. poor people, but most of the people that go to secondary, uh, to uh, college, university level education aren't poor. And so, first of all, you're not actually helping poor people when you do that, which is just insane. But secondly, if you think about it from a business perspective, and we're close to a cigar update, so um, you tax whatever this big business guy is doing, selling stock or whatever, you take more of his money. He has less money to pay his employees that have kids that might be going to college. So he can't give them raises as quick, but the government takes the tax money and pays his kids to go, what's the difference? I mean, it's just this... Yeah. It's just... And, and it comes back to the whole reparations idea a little bit because what you're doing is perpetuating this victim mentality. That's all it is. And you, you're never going to get anywhere if you keep telling people, you deserve because you're a victim. You deserve because you're a victim. You deserve because you're a victim. You're ne That's not what's what made America, America. It doesn't make people great either. No. Um, it makes people kind of whiny crybabies. Um and I've done my share of whining and crying over the years. <laughs> so, with all due respect yeah. to those people. Um, yeah. Let's do a cigar update and we'll come back to this if we want to. So, yeah, interesting conversation. So, um, yeah, there was some interesting, weird stuff happening for just a minute in the cigar. And it's kind of just settled into a really, really nice earthy Maduro. Um, a light retrohale, sweeten it up, mm -hmm. and um, I want to identify more of the tastes, and I'm, I'm having a hard time, maybe because yeah. I'm, I'm talking more than I am thinking about the cigar. No, I am too. I'm, it is a little bit difficult to nail down some notes here. It is, but it's it, it, it kind of falls into that category, and you've said this before, and I always, I always kind of accuse you of like, oh, that's the easy way out. <laughs> but it's like, it's just all blends so yeah, well together, down I just, can't yeah. pull out the individual tastes, and this kind of feels that way. For a Maduro, so uh, do you have any anything else to add? I'm I don't know. I'm 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 stabbing in the dark, but I almost get like a little bit of a cedary, um, a sweet sweet tea, a sweet sea cedar or something happening. Uh, I can't really identify the the sweet note. I mean, if it's chocolate or what, I can't. It's soft on the tongue. Mm -hmm. There's a little oil there. I, I think it's there's some some kind of aromatic wood. I, yeah. I'd say cedar because I don't have anything else to argue with you against right now. No, it's it's actually a unwatered birch tree nearing <laughs> its death. I can yes, yes, that's it. The uh, <laughs> needles from the tree have fallen. <laughs> the wind is blowing. Ever the needles so on those birch trees. <laughs> Bir I don't know. Does a birch have <laughs> no, needles? No. What no. Am I, then it, that's not As what I leaves. meant. I meant the other one. Foliage. Uh, there, there's a there's a not, not, like not, rotting birch foliage. What's what's another needle tree? Uh, a conifer. Yeah, the conifers. Yeah, D like pine. D Douglas D fir. Doug fir. Fir is what I meant. Not okay. birch. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Thanks for calling me out. <laughs> Sorry. So, um, but yeah, and um, I'm just mostly earth. I mean, it's like you grab some good soil, rub it in your hands, and kind of smell it. That's what I'm getting off this cigar. Yeah, mostly. So, yeah, it's really, really overall pleasant, though. I mean. It's a comfortable cigar. That's a good word. It is, uh, it, and I think for a Maduro, this is this is nice. 
it's not wowing me, but that's but I'm gonna say that's not a negative. I'm just gonna sit back and Som- talk to you. Yeah, about sometimes the world. you don't want wow. Sometimes you just want nice. And maybe maybe that's more the characteristic of Maduro. Anyway, I don't know. Yeah, it's possible. There's a hint of a of what I call a, I don't know if this is accurate, but like a stainless steel or a tin. You ever used one of those coffee? Makers that is uh, maybe it's aluminum. I don't know what they're made of, but you kind of it's a, I think it's a mini percolator that are aluminum. Sit on the fire. Yeah, sometimes I think those get a little bit of a tin or mm-hmm. something taste in it. There's a hint of that in here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna call it a a negative for now. But but I don't know. It might just it might just be some weird um, weird taste in the earthiness. I don't know. On the purge, the purge is a really. Um, Get sort of a powerful oh. flavor there. I, it's not unpleasant. Black pepper? No, not to me. I'm reaching. I'm trying. Yeah, I know. We're, we're let's give it some more. All around the let's day. give it some more time. Let's give it some more time. Um, oh, but it's enjoyable. So yeah, we're liking what we're getting, even though we're not really focused in on honing in on the flavors today, which is odd. But whatever. So we have to talk about Iran, and maybe we mm-hmm. maybe we've beat. Beat that dead Indian, I don't know if Indian we've horse about enough. <laughs> but so we could go to. No, I mean, I was talking about mm. beating the dead Indian yeah, horse. Yeah, Warren, yeah. yeah sorry. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. But uh, I, th- I think we should go over some details because I went. And I think we're both in the same boat here. I, I think we both admit that we're not very smart on foreign policy sometimes. Oh, on the contrary. Hmm? No, I'm, I don't know. I just feel like when, when anytime we talk about foreign policy, there's so much that we don't know. Yeah. Like, we can we can all we really get is what we hear on the news. We're not getting the intel briefings. We're not hearing from resources on the ground that are super secret. We don't know, you know. So it's it's really always tough about foreign policy because we only see the the silhouette of what's really going on. We don't yeah, my, we don't really get a true sense of what should happen or shouldn't happen because we don't know. My personal policy is you you got to trust somebody and the the way I have opinions is is I kind of say I have to trust that person. They kind mm-hmm. of have the 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 thinking that I that yeah. they would that I would favor. I, and I and I really want to. I don't know. One one other element to that is I really think that the men and women that we have on the ground in countries around the world that are intelligence people, that are military people, they are good at what they do. Yeah. And like, what is always harder to trust is the intentions of their bosses. Mm-hmm. You know, because like the assets that we have are amazing at what they do. What are what are our national foreign policy people trying to build? What are they trying to quash? What are they? Who are they protecting? Who are they not protecting? That's that's the part that gets like really hard to grasp. But okay, so let's anyway. go, let's go into specifics. Yeah, we're we're gonna say that we believe Iran had a drone in international airspace and we shot it down. That's fact. I think. I thought it was the opposite. I thought they shot down a drone, and that's why we were upset. What did I say? They had a drone? Yeah. We, sorry, I didn't mean that. I said my my words didn't, weren't, and my brain were disconnected. We had a drone. They shot down a drone over international waters. And that's, and that's fact. We're going to assume that's fact. Um, And talk about that from, about Trump's response. So, Mm -hmm. what he did, what do you think? Okay, so... I haven't been real up to, up to speed on this, but from what I understand, and you correct me if I'm wrong, was that because of that, 
Um, he made some statements, and there had to have been some other escalations, I think, or something, because we did a big spin-up. We were ready to, ready to take action. And then, from what I understand, at the last minute, you have a little spider that just went... Sorry for being oh. so personal. <laughs> went in the beard. Yeah. That would There's suck. a little spider dropped down right in front of your mustache. <laughs> Maybe anyway. I ate him. I don't know. <laughs> he was just a little guy. Okay. I, I'm pretty sure I Thank you. It. I appreciate yeah. it. Even though you touched me. Yeah. I, I touched <laughs> Doug. Anyway. Sorry about that. But um, so from what I understand, we spun up some military response to this action. And right at the last minute, it was called off. I, w- I will say, I was really surprised when it got called off. Not that... I don't think that probably a sh- some kind of show of force wouldn't be kind of appropriate, but um, I was really surprised when he called it off at first. That was my first initial reaction. But thinking about it more, I'm glad it was called off because I tend to be a pretty non-interventionist type of guy. Mm-hmm. At the same time, there's bad actors in the world, and sometimes it's better to put them down early than it is to let them run. And, and Iran does seem to be like they seem to be one of those actor. that you yeah yeah. Um, so yeah, I that's that's accurate. I th- I think so. Trump basically said, you know, that the reason it was called off. And again, we don't sometimes we don't always know everything. Again, yeah. this, this this might not be accurate. There may have been another reason they called it off, and this is the publicity reason. But he asked about casualties. They said this many probably, and he said, Nah, stop it. Too many. And I'm. So, let's assume that's accurate. I would say I don't think that was a good idea. To do what? To spin it up or to shut it down? To 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 shut it to shut it down. I mean, I'm not sure when you when you try to lay a scale out, okay, they mm-hmm. an internet a drone in international airspace, they shot it down 315 lives. Yeah, that's fair. It's it's not really about fair as much as it is about what's going to happen next. Um because there are certain there are certain people if they push me in a bar, and you can tell they're aggressive. Sometimes the best thing to do is to be like, "Whoa, dude! Hey, everything, everything's good here. De-escalate." Go on, go on. Sometimes the best thing to do isn't that one level higher than that. yeah, yeah, <laughs> one level higher than what they did. <laughs> and um, my martial arts instructor, um, there, there a couple people were fighting once, and he he stepped in the middle of it. And pushed some people apart, and this guy came back at him, and all he did was posture. He said he, he didn't even touch him. He just postured, looked him in the face, and stood there, and the guy just stopped. Mm-hmm. And that was enough. Maybe that's enough. Sometimes, sometimes you got to hit somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, that's better than the alternative. And it just seems like I don't know if I would say this about anybody but Iran. <laughs> But with Iran, I I think you're more likely to slap them a little harder than they slapped you and say, hey, we're not playing around here. So, there you go. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that there's a lot of elements that, okay, again, knowing that we are don't have all the answers here, I think that there are some elements that perhaps Trump was being smart with backing down. I think, for one, he, he showed Iran that we have the capability just in us spinning up the military and getting ready for a response, we have the capability to do them some, sig- I mean, like, incredible harm. We have, we have the capability to destroy them completely. Yeah. Um, they know that. And, but at the same time, there's, there's a human cost. One, what they did didn't kill anybody on our side. Mm-hmm. And 
And I think that... Uh, I don't know. Some of the statements he made, you know, like somebody made a, just made a mistake, they made a bad call. Eh, okay. Whether they intended to do it or not, it was a bad call to shoot down this drone. Mm-hmm. But um, I also know that, at least I believe, that we have capability to hit them in ways that would hurt them worse, that would do the administration and our optics internationally a lot less. Like, we could use, we can use some of these directed space weapons, or we could do some uh, internet espionage, or we could do a lot of things that would be a lot quieter, that could hurt them a lot worse, that would not give them grounds necessarily to play, to be a victim, to act like a victim, to hurt the Trump administration leading up to an election. Um, I wonder, I don't, I mean, I wonder if some of those things didn't come into play. Yeah. I, I hate it sometimes when, when a president has to say, golly, I've got an election coming up. Is this a good election idea? What I want him to say is what's best right. for America. Yeah, regardless. I agree. Yeah. So I, so I hate that that's, a, that plays in, but it does. And I don't know if I, if I dreamt this or made it up, but I, but I do wonder like how much ability do we have to just like get five techie guys on the internet to just zap them with internet viruses we could totally we could, F them up really bad. We, we could <laughs> I'm like, we could do it. Yeah. And, why don't we do that? <laughs> and that's the thing. I think what we want to avoid as a whole, regardless of who's in office, mm-hmm. I think what we want to do is avoid any more opportunity for the world to, to point at us and say, you're reckless. Trump's reckless. You're, you're a danger. You're the bad actor. You know, I, can we avoid that though? Cause it well, seems I, like with Trump, they're going to say it no matter what they might say it. But we don't want to feed that beast. Okay. And, and I think Maybe. that that a, that a quick response retaliation is going to really hmm. paint Maybe. paint us and paint Trump in an, in an unfavorable way. Um, yeah. I'd be interested to know, you know, the mainstream media being very, very leftist, which is kind of redundant to say, but you know what I mean when I say it. I wonder how much, like, what does somebody in France see? Do they see mainstream media? What does somebody in Portugal see? Do they see the mainstream media? What does somebody in Britain see? Do they only see the mainstream media? And so their perception, and I ask this because I remember, and this is a fun short story, I remember being overseas on a mission trip and having a conversation with somebody that, oh yeah, in America, Christians Christians think cussing is wrong. What? Really? Christians don't think... I thought everybody in America... Like, everybody in America cussed. It's like, well, where do you... Because it's you, in the movies. Yeah. It's in the movies. Like, all they see is the movies. It's like, oh, well, Christians don't cuss? That's weird. Because, like, one of the guys that ran a mission in a teeny, teeny town in southern India, like, cussed to try to be cool, you know? <laughs> I don't remember what it was exactly, but it was like... And we got had a conversation yeah, yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. So what do people in Europe see? Well, I I mean, I have some friends with some family that live in Europe. And from what I understand, it's... We think we have bad propaganda here with mainstream media. Mm -hmm. From what I understand, it's way worse overseas. Interesting. That may be a vast oversimplification, but I don't think it is from what I can gather. So I think we have to be careful, you know? I mean, I, I think that whenever you go to war in any capacity, I don't like doing it. I don't yeah. like going to war. Yeah, and I right. think that we can be a, we can play smarter. I I agree with that, and and that's I think playing smarter is really the key. And I I used to be more of a more of a isolationist, and I, and I still am. And when isol when isolationism is America's best interest, then do it. When it's not, don't. And th- this 
Iran's one of those that pushes the envelope to where I say, I don't know, maybe in this case we should have slapped them a little, you know, just a little harder than they slapped us. But I, I don't know. That's at least my my view at, in the short term. We'll we'll see what happens. And again, we have to trust the people that are that are in charge. Um, and I I don't know if if there's I, I kind of wanted to mention a little bit of I looked up some information of because people mentioned what happened you know in the Strait of Hormuz what happened there it's like well I want to actually find out what the what, what I don't even know what the Strait of Hormuz is so I'm, I'm going to educate myself a little so I looked up basically the the, the main waterways in the world and mm-hmm. so most people know the Panama Canal um, the English Channel and whatever that strait is that's kind of by the English Channel I forgot what it's called uh, I might have it in my notes but anyway one of those there's like three the major ones and then the Strait of Hormuz so it's like big deal like, oh yeah uh, like and it's really narrow too yeah and it's like one third of the world's oil is trans- transported through the Strait of Hormuz, Hormuz so that's a big deal so when we talk about being isolationist if we are so isolationist that that particular area then becomes under the control of somebody that doesn't like us, that can be a big problem. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't want to see 100,000 people die. Right. Um, but neither do I, I, you know, at some point you got to be like, we are America and we yeah. can do things that protect our interests, that are diplomatic. In the interest of our work. friends. Yeah. And and the good things that we want to flourish in the world. And, and try to curb the bad things that we don't want to to flourish and i think that's that's where because i i would love to be completely isolationist i would love to say we just deal with what happens here but we really have to understand that with power comes responsibility Mm -hmm. and and that's why i think that some some who are strict isolationists they fall short like no we have an actual opportunity to help a lot of people and and to help ourselves in the process and i would agree that we can't let a place like that fall we can insure ourselves against its falling like the fact that we're now a net exporter of energy and oil or whatever yeah. hey that's a good that's thing mm-hmm. because we don't have to care as we're not desperate about the strait of hormones mm-hmm. but man yeah if we can do something about it and kind of protect kind of protect the general well-being of countries ability to do business that's a good thing i think yes and i would be more in favor of not sending money and troops to a foreign country because they're our ally and just saying you take care of your own country go back uh, and but then saying we're going to send these troops over here to protect this area mm-hmm. whether that's the strait of hormuz or the panama canal or whatever so that everybody can be free mm-hmm. to use the strait of hormuz yeah. how how islamic is iran Disclaimer: I'm not an expert, <laughs> but it seems to me like one of the most in okay. the world. <laughs> I, that see that makes a big difference to me yeah. in my personal perspective with how to deal with with a, a country or how to deal with a group of people. It doesn't have to be a country, but I think that from what I understand, force is one of the only things Islam understands. So that might change my opinion a little bit about. What should or shouldn't be done? Well, it does. And I, as a, as a Christian, at, fi- at when I was younger, I used to think if you're nice to people, they'll generally be nice back, and that's a good practice. But once you live your life a little bit longer, you realize some people are just going to punch you in your face and take your wallet. Yep. And no matter how nice you smile, to right? Them. <laughs> and you know, even if you 
you know, pull out your wallet, give them twenty bucks. Say, dude, sorry, you're hard up. They're gonna punch you in the face and take your take everything in your wallet. Mm-hmm. And that's that's just how it is. And I would tend to put Iran kind of in that in that category. And um, so anyway, I guess I guess I guess that's it. I, I did I did want to mention one other thing. I heard someone. I, I'm not. I'm never convinced. I really liked that. Uh, I think it was Rand Paul brought up the fact that regime in the last um, primaries that regime change isn't always good, and I heard Mark Levin today say sometimes regime regime change is good when it's good we'll do it when it's not good we shouldn't do it mm-hmm. and and I guess I, I think I agree with that sometimes it's necessary and sometimes it's not and it's the same just general foreign policy we have to look at our interests and the interests of yeah. kind of making the world a better place so. Excuse me, I'm sucked in a little smoke again. Okay, it is time for our cigar update. Yeah. I think this is going to be the best update, or at least it's the best so far. Um, the retro hail has definitely been sweetening up the cigar for me um, to the point where, um, you know, it's not an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. It's not a super sweet cigar, but for an earthy Maduro, it's got just the right amount of sweetness that I like. I will say, got to be a little careful with the Retro Hill on yeah. this one. That burned quite a bit for me. Okay, I've been but, doing it really light. So. Yeah, but uh, another thing about this, this cigar is, I mean, it absolutely settled into its nature, and that's really, really pleasant. But I noticed that I stopped, I slowed my pace a little bit, and it it's not as good. When I slowed my pace, so I think it's a, a cigar that you gotta stay on a little bit. And we are talking a lot, mm-hmm. so let's let's try to let's try to keep on it. And let's, in fact, let's give it some good puffs here and see if we let's push ourselves yeah. to identify what we're tasting here. Because I'm trying to distinguish if I'm I'm tasting wood or nuts. I think I'm maybe getting a little bit of nuts nuttiness in here. Yeah, I'm gonna lean more toward wood than nuts. Okay. And that's hard if you're getting a nutty, a little bit of nuttiness in an earthy cigar. Yeah, it's gonna, it's hard to distinguish. But, but I'm gonna say it. I can't identify the nut yet, but I'm gonna say there's nuttiness, the backside of that earthiness. And I'm surprised there's not a stinging, tingly, peppery feel. It just this cigar seems like it should have a little pepper in it, and there's not been much pepper burn. Um, I'm gonna say there's a tad bit of nicotine. I think there's some nicotine yeah. in it. I sense that at the beginning. It's kind of smoothed out. It's so smooth. That's I think that's yeah. a little deceptive. We're not noticing the okay. nicotine. I took okay. So I took a, a little sip of coffee to mm. try to help me identify what I was tasting, mm-hmm. and I did feel I, I feel like I got a little bit of almond uh-huh. after that. I was thinking almond, but I wasn't sure enough to say it. I'm still not sure enough to say it, but I'm glad you said it. Mm. I do like I do like the purge too on this. Which I hadn't done in the beginning until you mentioned it. So there's a, there's like a, it's like a little bit of a, this is going to sound funny, but like if you lick a rock, if you lick slate, you know that there's some kind of a taste you get from a stone. That's and it's not always there, and it's probably a min. I would call it minerally. There's a minerally taste in with the earthiness that I just yeah uh, that I can identify now that I couldn't it's, identify. Which earlier. is nice because it doesn't taste dirty. Right. Right. <clears throat> But you get kind of a mineralness to yeah. it. I think you were right early on on that cedar. I think that, I think there's because there's something aromatic, like mm-hmm. aromatic wood. I think that's in there. So I'm gonna say cedar and nuts and cedar almond. 
maybe some mineral in with that earth. Just a nice. It's trying to go ice. This wet is earth. trying to go out completely. Mm. Don't let it. Don't let it. Oh, oh, you got it. Good. It just always kind of puts a big old nasty damper on it when it tries to go out. It does. I don't like relighting because sometimes you get a little bit of a burntness on the on the relight. But ah. <clears throat> there might be. I don't know. I'm I'm reaching a little. There might be a hint of chocolate. Just just barely. I just am barely starting to pick up the chocolate. Okay. Yeah. I think I think it's in there. I'm gonna I'm gonna commit and say it's in there a little bit. Just a hint. So uh, well, that's a good update. I want to ask to we can we can get back into events. Um, I don't have an unofficial sponsor today. Um, hmm. Can you uh, can you pull something out of your uh, hat? <laughs> unofficial sponsor. Unofficial sponsor. <clears throat> we don't have to. Nope. I'm not feeling very commercial today. Okay. I'm I'm not particularly either. Um, <clears throat> I do know. Uh, did you try any of the coffee yet? Oh, yeah. It's good. Which do you know which one I, you like? I liked the <clears throat> not the the Bruni was good, but it wasn't my favorite. The, it was my favorite was the other one. What I was think it? it was Gallo or Gallo or yeah, something Gallo like that. Yeah, Gallo breakfast yeah. blend or whatever. Yeah, very good. Um, Intelligentsia coffee. Intelligentsia coffee. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll throw a hats off to. We did. We kind of did their house blend once, but since coffee was something we both tried this yeah. week, it's new to both of us. Super uh, good. I um I thought the Burundi was a little light. Yeah. Um, and I think I think I like the Gallo or Breakfast Blend better, but the House Blend is still my still my favorite. But we'll we'll yeah. we'll take our hats off. I, when when ta- when testing coffee, I hope this is worthy of okay. podcast material. Okay. When tasting coffee, there's two things that that t- that are important. I think one is I I do the cold test. If a coffee is good and you like it, let it get cold. Sip it cold because a lot of times the fruitiness and some of the better qualities of it will be present. If, and if it's a really good coffee, it'll taste really good cold. If it's a medium, medium okay coffee, it'll degrade really fast as the temperature goes down. That, you just made me feel very, really smart, by the way, because ever since my wife hooked me on this mm-hmm. Intelligentsia House Blend, I, I, don't, I don't mind if it, if it gets cold. Yeah, um, I, I'm sip. I, I pour it. In fact, I shut off the burner because I never want to. I I only brew one cup, mm-hmm. and then I pour I pour it out into my mug. And as it gets cold, I still like it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be hot for me. So, which leads me to my second point. In spirit, if you're brewing one cup, mm-hmm. make sure when you have a quality coffee, you use an abundance of grounds. It's it's hard to do because it's usually it's a nice coffee. It's an expensive coffee. Mm-hmm. You want to you want to nurse it and make it last, but. A lot. I've noticed a lot of people will not use enough, and it just—I don't know. I it use, really affects. The, I use twenty grams, which I can't remember what the tables. That might be two tablespoons or one. I can't remember, but it's. I think it's what I'm supposed to use. I can't remember, but um, but uh, so the, our hats off to Intelligentsia. We took a little bit of a little bit of time to to give them an unofficial sponsor kind of wave, and um, Anna. Kristoff always gets our the last several of months course. have gotten our yeah, yeah. sponsorship because all we've been smoking is Kristoff's for a while. I will say just now I just relit <clears throat> it did go out on me, and uh, I don't like that, but it's probably not the cigar's fault. I'll take the blame from okay. that. So successful relight. You want to jump to censorship a little bit? Sure. Well, apparently this. I think this is new information. This James O'Keefe guy from Project Veritas is still <clears throat> still up to his business with... We talked a little bit about him last week. We, we did last week or the week before. I can't remember. And uh, 
Keep this, keep the cigar burning. Yours is going a little faster than mine too. I need yeah. to smoke mine a little faster, I think. But um, got some insider recordings from from Google from uh, the the name I, I I put it in our notes so we'd remember. But Jen Jenny, I think is how it's pronounced. She's a head of Google's um, Jen Jenny. Jen Jenny. <laughs> it looks, like it Jen looks like Jen Jenny. Um, head of Google's Jenny, Jenny. responsible innovation team whatever the heck that means that could go a lot of ways yeah it it could depends on who's yeah okay but um high up executive basically was caught on tape and you can check out james o'keefe at project veritas to get all this information that uh, basically saying um what happened in the 2016 election we can't let happen again and I and O'Keefe had some had some people experimenting with Google searches, and this is this is the only hardcore facts that I have here. But they, if you type like Hillary email, the automatic complete doesn't automatically complete anything. But if you Trump type Trump collusion, automatically completes, and there's a bunch of different things that happen if you if you type in certain things. It's very the the automatic complete in and of itself is just very biased, let alone the algorithm. See, that's telling. That's completely obviously <clears throat> telling. Well, and I, I wanted to mention, and I'm, we're, we're running short on time, so I'm going to give you plenty of time to comment on this if you want. But, but we we talked about regulation versus deregulation. And I'm glad you met, you called me on the end of our last podcast that what you want isn't more government regulation. You just want them deregulated. And it took my brain a while to get that, but I think what you meant. But what I mean, whether you meant it or not, is don't protect them as a platform anymore if they're filtering information and if they're being a publisher. Let them do their thing. They're a private company, but we shouldn't, as a government, say you're a platform if you're not if you're not really a platform. Yeah. And I think if you're if you're doing anything, if you're saying, well, we want authoritative sources, well, what's authoritative? You're you're making a choice to publish certain things and not you're you're filtering information. Not based necessarily on the individual's preference, but what you think they should listen to, mm-hmm. or hear, or watch. Or, yeah, and and so they shouldn't be protected as a platform anymore. I think that we should almost get. See, here's what I okay. A thought just popped in my mind. I'm going to say it. I know we're running low on time, but I think that the it would be the government's responsibility to put out a statement saying, "Listen, this this platform is a plat is a." publisher or whatever it is not objective it is not equal opportunity Mm -hmm. you need you as the people need to know that i i would be fine and i I would especially since we protected them and some some other platforms up to the facebook and some we're now removing this as a as a whatever i think it should be a real big deal yeah and um the here here's the rub and i don't i don't want to cut you off if you have more to say here okay the rub is I've been using Bing for a long time, and when I get pissed off at Bing, I go back to Google because Google mostly, I think, and I might be deceived, but I can go and get a way better, get the results I want from Google, and I kind of like that, but I try not to use them very much. <clears throat> yeah. Like, I go to Bing, and they're like, you're trying to sell me something all the time. I don't want sold something. Well, I want a better search. And honestly, Bing and Google are two sides of the same coin. Both are establishment uh, I don't know if I want to say establishment. I think both are both belong to the same side of the establishment. I think you're probably right. So, but what's what and that's what's really difficult is, and I've I've talked about this ad nauseum. It's going to be really difficult, and it has proved to be very difficult for the last decade for any actual actual independent, actual free thinking platform to rise because of the power 
um, that companies like Google and Microsoft hold in, I mean, they are a, for all intents and purposes in my mind, a mon monopoly. They hold all the cards as far as what can get published online, what what can get hosted online. I mean, they have a firm grip on it, which which I think is dangerous. And I think that it is in the government's interest to do something about, to make some more freedom in that regard. Well, I, I, I wonder. I don't know how. Mm -hmm. but. Because I don't, if something isn't easily defined as a monopoly, then I get a little more yeah. nervous with wanting the it's government It's like a involved. new frontier. We don't well, know, you know. Because if there are three or four competitors mm -hmm. and they buy them all up and then close them down, that feels like a monopoly, but it isn't necessarily because if they if they leave two or three competitors that can't compete out there, then you could argue they're not a monopoly. And I you have like this illusion of choice thing happening. Yeah, that just enough they got to allow just enough yeah. for this illusion that that there is freedom and they're not a monopoly. And then and then, gosh darn, it just it's, gets it's kind of like when it comes down to elections, you either have to vote Republican or Democrat. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like that. If we don't, if we're not willing to give. A third party or another another way of thinking a, a shot, then do we really have choice? Somebody's deciding what our choices are, and that's. So before my cigar wrap, yeah, I'm gonna make this quick comment on YouTube. I think I'm seeing, and this is purely um, my opinion and just based on getting irritated. YouTube's always trying to get you to pay their subscriptions yeah. now. There's way more ads than there used to be. I wonder. I think now things are ripe for new people to come up and say, all we're going to do is put a little ad over here in the corner. We're not going to interfere with anything. We're not going to interfere with what you're watching, with your playlist. Just a little ad in the corner. Don't don't get an ad filter so you can't see that ad. Just let it go so that you can have a better platform like YouTube used to be before they started giving you so many ads, so many ads, wanting you to subscribe, all this stuff. And I'm just irritated. I can't listen to my kids' playlist anymore because every song, yeah. there's two 10-second commercials, and the girls are like, that's another commercial. There's one at the beginning and the end of every video now. Yeah, it's just, it's crazy. And so I think, I'm hoping the free market will somehow fix it. I don't, you know, and maybe the government has to, you know, the government might have to do something like make them not a not a platform and don't protect them anymore. Yeah. Well, it's good that there's tension and the, that means that there's mo there's movement. Yeah. And it is, this problem, we'll call, call it a problem, it is going to fix itself eventually, but... The market moves slow. It does. And that's okay. It just We're in such an instant gratification. We want to fix it. So this is getting, the cigar is getting better. Let's give a really fast, I'm not going to change what I'm tasting, but I think it's sweeter mm -hmm. and actually a little nuttier as I yeah. draw more at the end. And so it makes me think maybe I should have been drawing faster during the whole cigar. No, I, I don't know about that because I've been, I mean, I'm down to the nub. It's like starting to get hot uh -huh. on my fingers and, but it's increasingly better and better and better. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those where mm. I just think it had got better. It just that got better be and too. better the whole cigar. I think it's a little more chocolatey. Here's mm. what we're supposed to taste since we're short on time. I want to get to this. See how we did. Expect a full-flavored concoction with aromatic notes, aromatic notes of cocoa, hazelnut, coffee, and spice capped off with a long, cool finish. Yeah, it didn't burn hot at all the whole time. So... I think we're in there. I'd, yeah. I might say more earthy and chocolate instead of coffee. See, when, when I read this description that they give, I think of more of like the sweetness that I normally would like. Mm -hmm. This, I think, was a little bit different category. It was more, it was really aromatic. 
but it didn't have those sweet notes popping like that cocoa yeah, hazelnut coffee. You had to really look for yeah, them. You did. It was more of like more woody, earthy. Yeah, I think deeper. The, the sweetness was in the earthiness. Yeah, not in the not in the right. hazelnut, not in the right. cocoa. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, this has been the Christoph Cristania Maduro. I'm going to commit to pronouncing that right from now on. <laughs> and I didn't mention this earlier. Um, not not a very pricey stick. Five dollars and ninety cents, and it's nice. actually the Cristania. So worth it. Oh yeah, the Cristanias are kind of made to be their lower. And and this is a phenomenal cigar. The original yeah. and the Maduro both are amazing for six bucks. It's great cigar. This is totally one that you could like pick up at the at the cigar shop and just enjoy it and yep. not have to think twice about it for sure. Absolutely. So we're gonna call it a wrap today. There's so much more we could talk about, but um, appreciate you listening. Um, comment, argue with us, tell us what you think. Tell your friends. Yeah, um, <laughs> both of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, this has been Doug and Joe Talk. Talk to you next time.